whatever the goal is, or if I'm struggling with something, I want to go look for things that will squash my negative thoughts that I'm having. Like I'll never overcome this or I can't beat cancer. So I would look for stage four non-solid cell lung cancer survivors that ran an Ironman. Like I'm looking for extreme because my brain needs the evidence. And then I build out a full on character. I have the name of my character. I have the characteristics and traits of that person. This is how she operates. And I do it in all areas. And I do this all the time. Like that's the thing I think people forget is there's a lot of intentionality because with my type of cancer, there's always a fear that it's going to come back. And when I went into remission the first time, I thought I was gonna have this like glorious celebration that I'd feel so good, which I did. But then the next day I woke up and what? I was afraid of it coming back. What's going on friends? Welcome back to another episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. And this is one of my favorite interviews I have probably done to date. I have my good friend Amy on here and Amy is a fellow coach. Her and her husband, Eric, have had a coaching business uh, basically before social media existed. So they're like OG online coaches. So Amy and I were actually at the same business event I was speaking at a few months ago. Um, and while she was there, I said, yo, we should totally do a podcast while you're here. So this was another in-person episode and it was so much fun because there's several reasons I wanted to interview Amy on my show. Because the thing is, Amy is not just a wealth of knowledge, but she has a level of experience, awareness, and understanding that not a lot of people have. Not only has, 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 has she and her husband had some insane amounts of transformations over the years. Like I'm talking about not just like a couple years of, of success with helping people. I'm talking about like like over a decade and years and years and years and thousands of people and this whole nine yards of, of success with transformation. So, you know, when you have that many case studies, you're bound to pick up what are the commonalities between the most successful, the least successful. That's a, that's, that's some pretty powerful data. So we talked about that, like what the most successful have in common and what the least. And the thing is, Amy, also we get into this, um, in a lot of deep conversation around, around mindset and identity and a lot of deeper conversations where if you like the identity stuff, if you like the mindset, if you like the inner game, if you like recreating yourself, this is the podcast episode because Amy had to dive really deep into that world when she got cancer. And then after she was in remission, then the cancer came back. And you want to talk about having to tap into a level of grit and discipline and drive while also not letting it take over you is, is something that, that I don't, I don't have experience there and which is why I want to have Amy on. So we, we got talking about all of that and how to develop that kind of mindset, but also, you know, where the balance is between that and being more like what I call equanimitous, where you're more emotionally neutral and sound and holding space for your emotions and all these different things. So I'm telling you this conversation with so many different ways and it was one of my favorites. And then Amy even like asked me a couple of questions and I even got emotional on this interview. So it was, it was incredible. Um, I love Amy and this was, was so good. I'm so glad that we did it. So be sure and stick around for the whole thing. I will get to that right now and I'll talk to you in just a second. We are on. What's up, Amy? Hey, hey, how are you? <laughs> Thank you for coming over and doing this. Like it, it's it's super cool. I'm telling you, in-person podcasts are such a vibe. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm like, I, I want to move to all in-person. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I understand now why some of my friends who run podcasts, they won't do remote. They're like, no, you come to me or totally. go fuck yourself or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think COVID made them make exceptions, but now people are like, nope, you got to yeah, come. <laughs> sure. But um, okay. So for those that don't know who you are, I would love to hear for your story. I don't think actually, I, I know of your story, but I've never heard like you tell me your story. Okay. So I would love to hear your story with 
All right. Your stuff. So. I will give you the condensed version because <laughs> okay. I have a pretty colorful, you know, life, but I'm always like, what angle am I taking yeah, right, yeah, yeah, for yeah. this podcast? But um, in terms of probably what's really going to relate to your audience, um, I struggled with fat loss like my whole life. My nickname was Piglet, you know, growing up. I had four brothers that were super skinny and I was the odd man out. Mm. And I watched, you know, my parents treat me a little bit differently, you know, like not meaning to, but oh, maybe you shouldn't eat that. So I knew something was different with me. Struggle with that, never knowing that I needed to do a lot of inner work. I um, was a child of sexual abuse. I share that primarily because I think a lot of people that struggle with like trauma issues, they're going to struggle with weight. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, grew up kind of just watching my mom be a failed dieter. She did every diet with me. I was on Weight Watchers at age 13. Um, My mom eventually had a gastric bypass. So I'd watch her do Metafast, like through the doctor. She put me on FenFen at, you know, 17 years old. Like Mm. I did everything. Then fast forward in my 20s, I um, had a moment. I was very blessed to have a moment with my son at the park where I couldn't get up in the like playground area. And so I was the mom sitting on the park bench and watching my kid play. And I'm like, I'm the park bench mom. Like I'm the mom that is too tired and too big and too like unhappy with myself to really be the playful mom. So I went home that day and I'm like, I have to change. I'm going to change. So I joined Weight Watchers again and, you know, just started the points. Little did I know that was going to jack me up later in life. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> but I ended up losing 90 pounds over about a year and a half. That's crazy. Um, you know, just the good old fashioned way. What I didn't do was the inner work. So I didn't like you can. I believe that you can hate your way to a goal, but you can't stay there. It's mm. kind of, you know, like you can get there, but you cannot hate your way there. And so I struggled for 10 years after that with even though on the outside to people, they're like, oh, success, success. I was hating myself. I only was in that body out of hate. You know, I had never learned to treat myself out of love. So with that came other issues. I um, hadn't got into coaching yet. I'd lost my weight and um, started just to go to the gym. I'm similar to you where I became a personal trainer, loved it, taught, you know, classes. And I thought that that was going to be like my lot in life. Like, I'm like, I love this. And then online was starting to happen, but not at the scale that I knew. And so I started to coach like my school teachers locally online, like email, right? And I loved it because what I was learning in the gym was, you know, I owned a boot camp called Metabolic Mayhem. I mm. worked with the US Navy for years, um, teaching them, you know, like anyone that fails their PRT, that person would then come to my class. And so I, I loved it, but there was this nutritional component that was always missing for people. Like I had a boot camp, and I'm like, I don't want to put claims out there like lose 10 pounds when I know that you can do everything in the gym, but if you're not, you know, following like some sort of nutritional plan, like you may not make, you know, have progress. And so I started moving more online and I was still then struggling myself in that I just couldn't keep my results without doing a ton of cardio, you know, under eating. And so I started to just kind of go online looking myself. That's when I found my husband Um, at the time he was coaching and he knew that I was a coach locally. I had a business called Former Fat Girl Fitness. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Nowadays, people would be so offended by that, sure. right? But um, I, I did that. And then he gave me an opportunity. He had a really dominating business at the time. And no one was online coaching. I mean, this is now 14, 15 years ago where there wasn't Facebook. And he's like, I have a 
two, I think it was 300 person wait list. He's like, I have 300 people Dear waiting, God. which is over a million dollars on a wait list at that time. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want anyone to come onto my business because I don't want to share, you know, like I love my, you know, he goes, but I will refer you 10 clients. And if you can then keep that and show results and stuff, you'll be on your way. I um, started my business called Curls and Way Training, and I went from zero to 550000 in the first year. Dear God. It was insane. Wow. Then we ended up, you know, getting married and um, a couple years later, and then we, for a while, had competing businesses. I had four coaches working for me. <laughs> he had, like, I think six coaches working for him. His his was always the big, like, his company was always bigger, but we were fighting for the same audience. And so we were like, this is stupid. Let's yeah. just merge. So yeah. I closed down Curls and Way and then went full-blown, you know, with Eric. Um, but a little bit about me personally, I have five kids, so I'm a mom. Um, you know, I, I feel like we do a whole episode on that, like how to balance like five kids. And <laughs> totally. So I'm a mom, I homeschool three of them. So I have a 24 year old, a 21 year old, and then a 15, 14 and 12. So I homeschool work full time. You know, we now have, um, I mean, we've been in the business now forever, it seems like, but, um, which is great because in an industry like this, maybe it doesn't happen, you know, yeah. as you know, you see it. Kind Churn of is so high. Right. Right. So, but it's a passion for me. And I think because of my own struggles, that's always been my angle, you know, mm. it's been like, okay, what I have failed at, I want to help others with. And through this, I ended up getting stage four non-small cell lung cancer. So it's been, this is 11 years now, but I, you know, battled it for like 10. I'm still on pill form chemo today. I take chemo in the morning and I take chemo at night. And because my type of cancer, there's no, um, technical, like I'm in remission right now, but what they call it is no evidence of active disease versus no evidence of disease. Mm. And I will never be someone that will ever have, you know, the full ring, ring the bell sure. because it will probably come back. Mm. But through that, my whole coaching changed because I realized how much it's mindset oh, and yeah. that my cancer just changed. I mean, it also made me a better coach because I just don't put up with excuses Yeah, because I'm like, listen, if I can do it and it, <laughs> and it is such a, you know, anchor to my day, yeah. then you can do it too. Yeah. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> I love that so much. And this is, this is why I wanted you to come on because, um, I mean, the show is called dieting from the inside out for a reason, because, um, uh, a our little slogan that I came up with that I always say is outer work without inner work doesn't work. Like everyone's so focused on the, the external, like lose the weight now, um, do the fitnessy stuff now. But if the inner side is not addressed, it's no wonder we keep falling back, you know? Totally. But, um, and I know, I think, was it Eric that gave you the cyborg name? Where that is that, was yes. that from yeah. Eric? Yeah. That's one of my anchor. Like I anchor that character when I'm having like a bad day. I'm like, okay, cyborg has to come out. You know, I want to talk about that, that you, since you bring that up, because I think people don't, I think, I mean, that's, that's an identity thing right now. Like we, totally. we talk about identity a lot and how it's the, like arguably the number one governor of your life. Um, we always sabotage to our identity. But when you say that on a bad day, like it's, you, you anchor yourself to that. Yes. Talk about that. Okay. I'm a psycho about anchoring. And I say psycho because it's kind of like what Ed says, like you got to be obsessed, yeah. like freaking obsessed with the change. So 
I have, um, what I purposely do is I first, like whatever the goal is, or if I'm struggling with something, I want to go look for things that will squash my negative thoughts that I'm having. Like I'll never overcome this, or I can't, I can't beat cancer, whatever it may be. I go Google the opposite. So I would look for hmm. stage four non-solid cell lung cancer survivors that ran in my Ironman. Like I'm looking for extreme. I love that. Because I want my brain <laughs> to see like big wins. Like let's say that you're a new female, single female business owner. I'm going to go look for seven figure single female owners that are crushing because my brain needs the evidence of the proof. So I start there and then I build out a full on character. I name my character. I mean, I can't take, you know, credit for this. I've listened to Alter Ego or read mm. the book and he talks about having your field of play and how you build these characters for different fields of play. So I have a character that is for my mom role and, you know, she's Alice from the Brady Bunch. And that's her name. (laughs) And so when I am in my car coming home and I need to change my state, I go to Alice. So what I do, so Cyborg, I have a folder on my phone that it's labeled Cyborg. I've got images in there that help my brain. I also have a mind movie that I watch that, and I do this all the time. Like that's the thing I think people forget is there's a lot of intentionality because with my type of cancer, there's always a fear that it's going to come back. And when I went into remission the first time, I thought I was going to have this like glorious celebration that I'd feel so good, which I did. But then the next day I woke up and what? I was afraid of it coming back. Mm. So I had to learn for my own sanity to learn to like change states and be a different character and not like worry about that. So I, you know, I really am a big believer. Like I have, I think I might have my planner with me, but in my planner, I have these index cards and on the index cards, I have the name of my character and a picture of that character. And then I have the characteristics and traits of that person. And you're mm. always going to, you want to put out the the best self you, yeah. you know, like this is how she operates and this is what she does. And, and I do it in all areas. So like I, I create a health character and I make all my clients create a health character and you name your character and then how does she operate? What, you know, well, my health character, she, you know, when she's at the airport, she takes the stairs. My health character, when she's at this place, you know, like you put scenarios out because again, that's going to put in your brain, you know, like cyborg, cyborg makes no excuses. Like she is cancer fighter and cyborg, when I'm tired at the gym, cyborg's going to show up. And a lot of those times it might be music helps change your state. I will jump up and down. I mean, people like, I don't think a lot of people share the crazy stuff they do. Like Mm. I'll go in the mirror. I'm like yelling at myself, pointing at myself, you know, and that really helps, you know, change it. But I have to be intentional. I'm constantly listening to like, you know, like for Cyborg also to get me in that state, I save recordings of like where people have edified me. Mm. So like I have a video where Andy and Ed gave me the leadership award. I saved it. It's a two and a half minute clip. I listen to that all the time because then I'm like, I believe in myself. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I think we all struggle with that. 100%. And so that's why we have to be intentional yeah. to like create these characters. I mean, I have a spouse, you know, I, my, I also create your not so best self character because mm. it's good to point out your weaknesses. So yeah. my not best wife self is called runaway bride. And I have a picture of a runaway bride on roller skates and she, you know, like when she feels threatened, she's out of there. She walks away and, you know, I, put all those on there so that then I can create what's my best self in my marriage. You know, mm-hmm. cause I think you pointed out on an episode that I listened to that all areas of your life improve, like your marriage should 100%. improve when you're doing this, your, you know, your money mindset should yep. improve. So you start to see that it's not just about your fat loss. It's every other area you want to create sure. these things in. So 
that's kind of where it started. That's so good. You, there's, I feel like we could end right there, but like, <laughs> because I, I have weird stuff that, uh, not weird stuff, but I have, I have those, those things that I do. One of my things that, um, um, that made a big impact on me is when my state changes, it's when my physiology will start to, start to change. So like, if I notice I'm not standing as tall, I breathe shallow, more shallow, or I've noticed if this is for any area in my life, for me, the way that, that, that I like to teach is everyone thinks about sabotage, right? Like the bad shit happening subconsciously. But for me, the precursor to sabotage is what I call drifting. You don't realize you're drifting. Mm-hmm. But then I've recently been thinking about like, well, what's the precursor to drifting? Because you know, it's like, like it's like if you're like, like let's say your boat is parked in uh, in a lake and there's no current, it will still move. You have no idea. Yes. Uh, we were on va- we were on vacation one time and uh, on a, on a boat and like all the other people were in the water playing like zero current. It was just a lake. And then all of a sudden, like we were by like this giant rock. And then like 10 minutes later, that giant rock is way back there. And I'm like, how we didn't, we didn't know, but we on paper moved like 500 feet. Mm -hmm. But so if, if sabotage is the bad shit that happens, drifting is the precursor to the sabotage. I was auditing myself. I'm like, what do I, what pre, what's the precursor for me for, um, for drifting? And it's when a belief change or doubt creeps in. Yeah. Um, so like for, but for you, you have all these things in place where that your doubt doesn't even have a chance to take hold. Right. And, and you have to be that way. I yeah. mean, fighting cancer, like you won't survive this, this, this fight because 10 years in, I mean, I would be in the hospital overstressed and my cortisol levels, right? Like yeah. you really have to be intentional. It's a daily practice and it's a constant, you know, it's why, like I, it's the top, you know, I have it pinned in my, you know, notes that I go right to it. I even have podcast episodes that I save. So like each character also has state change things you can go listen to. Love There's one that. by Ed or Andy. My Andy has one that's called chestnut checkers. It's like from eight years Love ago. That. It's a great, I know exactly it's 11 what you're minutes about. long and it's all about like every freaking minute counts and you, sh- you know, and I'm like, so I'll listen to that to change my state. I'll go listen to fuel your fire by Ed, you know, when he's at the baseball team, yep. that thing will freaking rock me to yeah. the moon. Like I'm all about like just lo- using these things to keep me because I am just like everyone else. I think people think we're like, you know, rock stars in mindset. I'm not like right. I, you know, cause people are like, Oh God only gives you what you can handle. I'm like, no, no, no. I was weak. I was weak <laughs> as shit before I got, so no, I couldn't handle this. You know what I get it. But you know, we all have it in us yeah. if we put in the work yeah. because we are destined for greatness. And as silly as that sounds, it is like, sure. we just don't maybe put enough effort into it. I think something that you, you, you mentioned that I think is a really good thing to bring up is that, um, you have all these things ready because you know, in the future, things are going to happen. You're going to lose motivation. You're going to drift. You're going to doubt. So you have all these things in place preemptively because you know, this is about to happen from a pattern perspective. Totally. And I think so many people, they're like, Oh, this is the coach. It's going to like, I'm never going to struggle. And it's like, well, well, hang on now. Or this is the program or the diet or the plan or the, the thing, but it doesn't matter how good you are. If you think about the most, like in the world of transformation, like I think when like the pinnacle, like let's say Tony Robbins is like, but I guarantee you, Tony Robbins does not feel like Tony Robbins every day. No. You know, but he has a, a routine in place to keep his, um, his ship floating, so to speak. Yes. And your environment. Like yeah. that's the other thing too. Like when you come to an event like this, where we're at a fitness conference, like it's great. Everybody is kind of, you're like, it's much easier to stick to the plan. You know, I'm rooming with Sarah and I'm like, this has been the best thing ever because we are both into this. It's so easy to like be aligned with our goals and not have things like pulling us down. Yeah. So that's a big part of it too, is making sure the people that you're around, because otherwise you can get there, but it's a struggle. Yeah, And I mean, even 
been, I'm a 20 year veteran of losing. It's been, this is year 21 that I've kept 90 pounds off. And I'll tell you, I remember having a moment at like, it was like after I lost the weight and I realized, shit, I still have to work at this. I still have to keep and it off. And that now. is like, it's not as hard, I think, to lose it is to keep it because to get there and stay there, there's, it's all the personal development. And that's where like your, your, what you focus on the inside out, that's the work that I didn't do mm. in the beginning. And it just led to me constantly struggling. I still have challenges. I still have triggers. But like you said, I have things in place. Like I know when I'm not feeling good about myself, I will sabotage myself mm. like unconsciously. Like I got in an argument just a couple of years ago with my daughter and I felt bad like as a parent that I was, you know, not showing up. It was crazy. I literally got in my car unconsciously started driving right to Chick-fil-A and it wasn't and I I can order healthy things there, but I literally was going there to just shit on myself. Like mm. I was like you don't deserve to show up for yourself. Like mm. inner bitch inside me was like the hell you'll do anything because yeah. he, you know, my inner, you know, best self knows what matters to me. And those are things like keeping my daily promises and following my nutrition. That's it. Yep. Like, those are the two things that really anchor my day. So it's actually the first place that my inner bitch wants me to go yeah. to. And it's like, oh yeah, you're keeping your promises. You're going to break this yeah. promise today, you know, and that has been an awareness. Like I try to share it live when they happen. Cause I want people to understand even at 20 years, I still will. I mean, yeah. I last December, Eric's birthday, he'll not forget it. I overconsumed, like to the point where we couldn't even have sex that night because oh my gosh. like it was bad. We went <laughs> to dinner and then we came home, we started having more, and I just got into an old pattern of like yeah. old Amy last supper mentality, right? We get into bed and I'm like, I'm a stuffed sausage. You can't even <laughs> touch me tonight. <laughs> and he was like, he still reminds me, he's like, you remember that time? Wow, that that's hilarious. And I'm like, you know, I still can have those times. And you know what? If I look back, like you talk about when was I drifting? I wasn't in a good state going into that mm. dinner. I should have made sure I changed my state before yeah. I went in. Because when you go in again from this low vibe energy, you're not going to show up for yourself. You know, it's interesting when you say like, that's the first thing your old self goes after. I, I'm I, the way that I've been teaching sabotage lately because it's like a pattern that always tries to happen. Totally, um, is it's like the evil clone version of you that knows everything about you, so it knows how to and she's fuck so you completely. smart. Yeah, hundred percent. Like too smart. <laughs> yeah, well, which is why. So for me, when I if I'm going to sabotage or drift or whatever we want to call it, it, the very first thing that my sabotaging or old self knows is like I just need a little bit of doubt. I just need my belief system around the thing to yeah. change just a little bit and it just trickles down. So for me, that's why I like my doubt and my certainty, like six human needs certainty six is like astronomical over everything else. Um, it's, it, but so my old self knows that like, if I need, if anything needs to go South, we just need to literally like take out the, the screws in certainty, just make it a little bit loose. And then everything just like downhill from there. So, Interesting. Yeah. And it's a powerful, I think that's the thing too. People think they're going to be perfect, but the awareness helps you. Like once you can like identify, like when I realized that two years, and it was only two years ago, I realized, oh my gosh, when I feel like I'm not showing up for my kids, this is an area for me. This is an area that I totally want to go, you know, or maybe I've had a fight with Eric and like, I haven't handled it the right way. Maybe I've flying up, flown off the handle and I know that I'm better than that that's when I will go to that yeah. sabotaging place. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to talk about, uh, maybe kind of changing directions a little bit. You mentioned that like you're going into year 20 of keeping 90 off. Mm -hmm. Most people, so I actually polled, um, so we have a, a Facebook community. Um, 
of just a, a place that we go for free to help uh, as many people that want to join. Um, so the link is below for those listening. Um, but, um, but I, I pulled them. I said, what's the average amount of time you stay on course? And the average answer is 14 days. Wow. So, so I'm not talking about, and we all know that zero results happen in two weeks. You could arguably stay awake for two weeks, you know, totally. um, let alone like expect magic to happen, <laughs> but you have, you've not only, so if you've kept the weight off for two decades, that means you've not only been successful, but you've also had some semblance of amazing habits for 20 years. Um, and a lot of people listening are like, fuck, I've been struggling for 20 years. Um, for you, how would you like, what are some of the major things that have made that happen? Environment first and foremost, like meaning like when I, you know, and I'm talking like even your direct environment, what's in your fridge, what's Mm. in your pantry, what do you see? And it's, and it's not like we have everything in our pantry, we have kids, but it's what I see at eye level. Like I, a few years ago, I rearranged my entire pantry where the things that you see first are like the protein powders and the canned goods that nobody wants to eat. And then behind the dish towels was the granola bars. And Mm -hmm. I did a test with the kids. I I wanted to do a little case study. I buy a box of a hundred from Costco, like, and I go, shopping every like two weeks, put them in the pantry. And I know I need to buy them by two weeks. So I put them behind the dish towels. So they'd have to pull the drawer out and see the bin with them in there. My kids only consumed 21 granola bars in those two weeks. And it was out of sight, out of mind. So I'm a big believer in like, put put your books on your nightstand if Mm -hmm. like you want to read your books in the morning, you know, put, you know, it's put the things around you and take the things out. That's Mm -hmm. probably my biggest things. Um, my other habits would be not seeing perfection. You know, my first, like I've got two seasons of this 20 years. The first 10 years was a lot of hate to mm. stay here, a lot of starving, a lot of binging, a lot of over cardioing. Like I would do things even knowing as a coach, it's not good. Right. And I'd still do it because I hated where I was so much. Fast forward, now it's all about promise keeping. I have a strategy that, you know, my clients follow and we follow and it's called a daily agreement card. And every day I have four agreements that I make, a behavior agreement, an activity agreement, a nutrition agreement, and a growth agreement. Didn't you have this on like a post-it note system? Yes. I remember. It's so been, yeah. <laughs> I've done, and it's coming out as a product. Like we have a product coming wow. out, like the actual cards that you can write on because I'm now at 1400 days of doing a DAC. So when I talk about the consistency, when people meet me and they're like, how have you done it? I'm like, listen, I am the person that when you say I need to do this forever, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to, I'm not perfect. I mean, I've had over, so of the 14, like I have 1400 cards I've kept of the 1400, I've had 300 losses because I track my records. I'm big on records and my losses, the way I work it is. So I'll write out my agreements. And then if I lose one of the four, it's a loss for the day. Now, meaning from a standpoint of tracking, because I'm a big tracker. Now, the way you can turn it into a learn versus a loss is at the bottom of my card, I have a, I put a strategy. I have to write down two strategies that would have turned today into a win because Mm. then my brain, the next time this comes up, I'm going to be able to see a new path in the brain that's like, oh no, you can actually do this, you know? So a perfect example is I love Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Let's go. But let me tell you, (laughs) Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich does not like me. Okay. (laughs) And it's always a regret. But me and Eric would always like, I'd order the spicy chicken and the chili. And we'd do this like twice a week back in the day. And every time I'd have freaking horrible the next day, I'm like, never again. Yet then three days later, I'd be doing that shit. And I'm like, why am I doing this? So I started writing down 
how it made me feel. And then mm. I would say, instead of this, I'm going to order this or I'm going to eat this. And so then I still failed a few more times. I think I probably had three or four more spicy chickens, but there was at least a pull till finally one day I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. This doesn't make me yeah. feel good. So with my promises, I do the same thing. I'm always like, if I have a loss, then how would I have made it a learn? And sometimes I might just write something like, just be more intentional. Let me just stop being so lazy. Like that's, yeah. sometimes that's the reason we don't show up is I'm like, I'm just tired and I just didn't want to do it. Right. And then it's like working on that. But I'm just a fanatic about tracking your wins because then that makes you also feel better. I mean, I take seven, every seven days I take my cards and I make another list Mel Robbins taught this and it's called my I did it list. Hmm. And it's literally just a list of like my wins that I'm seeing from the cards that really stand out. So that then as a, a mom, a wife, a business owner, like all the hats we wear, I feel like I'm still winning because yeah. a lot of us are walking around going, I'm just juggling it all. I mean, I'm a mom and I'm a, I have a career and you know, then we always feel like we're losing, but we should be focusing on, yeah, but you know what, this week, I averaged three liters of water each day, mm -hmm. you know, and I got in a walk every day. Like it's never been perfection for me. And I've had times where, you know, I did like 60 days where I didn't even write out my daisies. I just went through like just a season. Them. And I'm like, hey, you know, that's okay. I can get back on, you know, because you've talked about this. Consistency is everybody's problem. Mm -hmm. It's, and you know, when I got rid of the all or nothing attitude, I stopped sabotaging because I was much less like the perfection bubble. Like when people have perfection, eventually has to pop. Like you will sabotage yourself because there is no way you can perform at perfection. So why not just give the permission, you know, because mm -hmm. I was someone that, we would go to Disney every year. And this was my, you know, when I was married before and we'd go to Disney and every year I'd go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be good. Like, I'm not going to cheat. Be good. Yeah. Which is so <laughs> silly, right? Like what kind of definition of good is, right? Yeah. Like, and, and why are we even labeling it? Right. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to just stick to my plan. And then I walk in Disney and I'm like, for most of the day I'd stay strong, you know, and then I'd finally, I'd cave, right? Mm -hmm. That cave would then turn into, well, since I already had the Mickey Mouse ears tonight, let's make it last supper. And my ex loved it because he, you know, hated the dieting. So I'd be like, tonight we're going to Publix and we're getting a Publix cake and we're getting, and I, cause I'm like, cause tomorrow I gotta be tight. Back on track. Back on. <laughs> and then the next day, and I'd come home from those vacations, seriously, like eight to 10 pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. My skin would hurt because I'd overconsumed in short periods of time. To fast forward, when I finally, and I believe everyone should have a coach, like even, you know, like when I hired Eric, he started, I literally just hired my own, like I've like my own. I saw was, that. Yeah. yeah. Like you need a coach to get you out of your own way and also to see different things. And he was like, he gave me permission. I was getting ready to go on a cruise and he goes, okay, I don't want you to worry. I want you to eat whatever you want. And I want you to really try to stay present. And I found I didn't sabotage. I didn't binge because I was finally saying I can have this. Like I'm allowed. Like, why can't I have this? I think a lot of females just put them and, and we'll talk more. I want you on my podcast to talk about because <laughs> males have the same struggle. We just sure. happen to have a lot of more data. I think that because yeah. women communicate more, but it was finally a time where I'm like, because I can have it, I no longer feel like I need to have 10 of it. Mm. Whereas when I would tell myself I couldn't, I would then feel like it's that last supper where, you know, you talk a lot about this. Like if you want it, just eat it yeah. and maybe eat it every day for two weeks till the novelty yeah. wears off. Right. Yeah. The 200 calories <laughs> of the donut. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. But so that's, you know, I love that. that that's, that's amazing. Um, I think, I think that's resonates a lot with people because I think like what you just said, just 
everyone struggles with. So one of the things that changed perfection for me, because most people that, that like listen to the show, they're everyone like they almost like beat their chest with a badge of honor of perfection. Because my thing is number one, I think perfection is a um, is enabling of of it's just validating bad behavior. Mm-hmm. But the, what broke perfection originally for me was years ago. Um, I bet you were there. Um, it was an Arte conference, and when I, it actually I got triggered. Um, I, so I don't actually don't get triggered very often. Um, been in therapy for years, like done all the the work, so I don't get triggered as often. But this hit some little Jared way the fuck in there. You know what I'm saying? And Ed said, perfect. Cause I, I, my thing is I never want, if I don't, if I don't achieve what I'm going after, I want it to never be because of my effort. It's like out of everything, like let it be skill. Let it be the timing. Wasn't right. Let it be anything, but, Oh, you could have worked harder. Like I, I never want it to be that. So I would beat my chest to perfectionism. And he said perfectionism is the laziest of all standards. And I literally like I was recording the, the, the talk and I'm pretty sure you heard my hand like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I know I'm not late. I was I was I was shitty. And then he continued and explained. And he said, it's because the one standard, you know, you can't reach. So how dare you even set? Why would you set a, a thing that's only going to guarantee failure? Totally. And I'm like in that moment was one of those mini like life change moments and those mini breakthroughs. I'm like, I am never going to say I'm a perfectionist ever again. Yes. And I think when you meet, like when I was in RTA the same time as you, you learn that like these guys, like they live for the loss in that it's such a learn. Like if you always are chasing perfection, how can you even learn from the mistakes? Yeah. And, and perfectionists also don't recognize the failing because they want to stay in their perfection bubble that they don't ever even get to do the work on, okay, why am I, you know, like the therapy work of it, right? Mm-hmm. They just focus on that. I remember when he said that and he just recently, I think he did another video really? on it. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I used to be like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we think it's like a badge of honor, right? When yeah. in reality it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, th- I think one thing I want to I hear you talk a little bit more on is the idea when you said give yourself permission. I think people like you said, for, for you, it was when you're when that coach said, I'm giving you permission to not be perfect. Um, we I've seen even in coaching people, whatever the thing is, giving permission or having someone give themselves permission can be so f- completely freeing of the thing. We had a, a lady one time. It was one of the worst cases of binge eating I've ever seen. So in in to be honest, we specialize in binge eating and food issues and things like that. Like the whole first stage of our programs about it, like we're really good at fixing it in really short periods of time. And this was one of the worst cases I'd seen. And, uh, she, like her first check-in had, I want to say like four or five, 4,000 calorie plus days on it. Like it was every day. And, but the whole reason, like I teach, there's four reasons for binge eating, but for her, she was, um, starving herself because she was so scared of gaining weight and she was so desperate to lose weight. But I said, like, we're not ready for this yet because we have to fix this because it just doesn't make sense to force fat loss right now with that foundation. And she just was so adamant on like, I'm petrified of gaining weight. And I said, how old were you when that when that happened and when when that became a thing? And she said, like 12. And then I go, okay, I want you to write a letter to the 12 year old little girl Mm -hmm. version of you and tell her this. Say, hey, number one, thank you for keeping us safe because that's all she knew. Thank you for keeping us safe and doing what you do knew best when you were 12, but I'm giving you permission to gain weight and I will still love you. And, she, and I had her write that letter and she wrote that letter and she had never binged a day after that. Isn't that crazy? Because, because like her thing that was causing her to binge is because she was petrified. Like I'm talking about scared, like boogeyman and a, like a child scared of the boogeyman scared. Wow. 
of weight gain. And I said, and in her case, it was so bad, she needed to gain a little bit of weight. And I said, you need to give yourself permission to gain weight and make it a safe environment too. make yes. it okay. Like as a mom, would you be scared? Would you be okay if your kid gained weight? She's like, of course I go, you need to give yourself the permission and we'll see what happens. And literally from that moment, like she she's like a, a, a weighted vest left her. And I think most females, because everyone's been on a diet. I mean, if you, if you're in your forties, you've probably <laughs> had like 20 diets at this point. Right. So most people don't even know what they should be eating. Like they're like, I don't even know what's up and down. Like, should I be doing keto? Should I be doing Octavia? Like they don't know. And so they've never really even stopped to go, what do I even like? Because if we've labeled our foods good and bad, we're already going to probably go towards some Fucked. of those bad. Right. <laughs> so you got to stop that first and foremost. And then it's like, just stop and go like, what do you like to eat? Cause we have a questionnaire we have clients fill out and it's funny. Like I'll see this where they'll check off every food. Cause they're like hoping that like, maybe this shows I'm not really picky and stuff. And then I'll build their first meal plan. And then they're like, I don't really like this. And I'm like, well then why did you like pick the things you like? This has uh -huh. to be a lifestyle. It's yeah. not a diet. Like it's a nutritional strategy. Yep. The diet word just messes with people, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, listen, my diet, if I'm in a caloric deficit, is just less calories, but my lifestyle at maintenance- Same exact food. Right. I mean, that again, balled my eyes out over that when I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, my life, I have to do this forever, yeah. which is also why you got to do the inner work. Because if you don't, you're white knuckling yourself. Like mm. I did for those 10 years. I mean, I would white knuckle out of hate to get there, I'd binge and then I'd be like, okay, I won't, you know, yeah. eat for two days or I will, you know, I'm going to be so, so committed tomorrow, Amy, you know, and then, you know, not yeah. doing the inner work, you're going to be right back in that pattern. Right. Yeah. Is there any specific inner work strategies as it applies to weight loss that you're, um, like you're a big fan of? Writing letters, very powerful. My, um, I had a struggle a couple of years ago, actually with meal prep. I, was really resenting it, like really. And I knew this had to come from somewhere. And so I was working with Nicola Pear at the time. And Love I realized her. like, I'm a, I was- I have a funny story about her. I want to circle oh, back I, to after I this. I want to hear it. We were, I was a really independent child. My parents owned a business and we pretty much fend for ourselves. So I never had someone take care of me. So inner child Amy just wants to be taken care of. So for me, meal prep just didn't seem, it was like, I resented it because I want to be taken care of. Like seven-year-old Amy wants a meal for her, you know, mm. like tantrum. So I've had to work on that. And I wrote letters that Amy, this is the ultimate form of self-love. Self-love is walking in the kitchen and making yourself a nutritional meal yes. that's like really serving you. And I mean, I still have to go because I'm, I'm a busy mom. I'm tired. I don't want to always go in and Come do on. it, you know? <laughs> so for me, I have to still to this day, go read that letter where seven-year-old Amy has said, this is what she needs for her. And now I need to show up for her. I need to make this meal for her. And that's, that's helped me. It's something I, you know, definitely work on with clients. We have them go through like a, my why exercise, you know, things like that writing lots of future, like, Hey, what, it, what will happen if this person doesn't change? Write that letter. Mm. What does that look like? And I'll tell them like, Hey, it's five years from now and you're still here. How does that feel? Write that letter. We call and that the hell list. And that's horrible, yeah. right? Like you, they're like, you're right. I can't stay here because, because people aren't looking into the future. They're just seeing now and yeah. they're not realizing, okay, well, if nothing's changing now and you're 45, guess what? At 55, it's going to be her too. Yep. And at 65. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why if people would just pause and go, can I just change one behavior yeah. in my life? Like, I think that's where the industry, like, I love that with your binging client, you were like, we got to work on some other things yeah. first. 100%. Because, you know, and that's where like, 
certain coaches are better for certain people. Like we always worked with the athlete that was a competitor, totally different. If you were to give, you know, like our old, you know, our philosophy, that person that has struggled for 20 years, they don't, the meal plan is not what they need. Like it's irrelevant at that point. They've got to go through all this other work of, okay, why are we here? Why are we holding on to this weight? You know, and it can be, I mean, some people I've met where maybe they've had like an experience, like I had a girl that she was raped. Mm -hmm. So for her, it was protection. It was like, I don't want the attention. Right. So it's, going to that. And sometimes it's going to a different coach and working mm-hmm. on that deep work first and work on the inner work because I'm always like, listen, if you're already struggling with, you know, follow through, you got to go back and yeah. work on that. And that has nothing to do with like my meal plan for mm-hmm. you. Right. That's like all therapy. So tell me about Nicole. So <laughs> this is, I, I have been a very big fan of her work for I years. My are. wife loves her work. I love her work. Um, Ironically, I hit her up in her DMs before she blew up to come onto the show. And she accepted. She's like, yeah, things are crazy next two weeks. Just hit just hit me back in two weeks and we'll set it up. I forgot to hit her back. And then she blew up. Like I like she's millions of followers now. So I got lucky too, like you. I was her client one to one before. I mean, I think she at that time though still had like it was like three hundred thousand. Yeah. But it was like drastically growing. Yeah. To now I'm always like, how did I get so lucky yeah. to even be connected with you? Right. You know? So like now, now uh I would love to have her on. I would have her on in well, two Well, let's seconds. put it out here publicly because I will I'll reach out to her. Okay. Like, <laughs> we, we we message each <laughs> other. Okay. So. I love it. Um yeah, I I I would love to hear her perspective on some of this because cause the other thing is um is not only just the, the this the outer work and the inner work together, but um we actually work with a ton of uh psychologists and social workers and therapists and family practitioners in the, the, that field. Like I knew I was onto something with this like whole dieting from the inside out stuff when I had therapists left and right applying to work. Mm -hmm. I I was on the phone the other day with, um, applying for coaching shoes, PhD in psychology, can't get her shit figured out because it's, it's different. I feel like they're in the psychology world. There's this piece that's missing. And in the weight loss world, there's sure as hell as this, that's this middle game that's missing. Um, but along the same lines, one of, um, we were working with a therapist years ago and she's an amazing therapist. Um, absolutely outstanding, but this binge eating, she could not get her, her, her handle on. So, um, we talked about it and for her, I got a little background on what happened growing up. I go, so what age does binge eating become a problem? She's like, Oh, this age, and like, let's say six. And I said, so if you don't mind me asking, can you care to tell what happened around the age of six? She goes, Oh, she goes, my, um, uh, my family, my mom and dad didn't take care of us very well, which means we w- weren't getting fed very well. But my neighbor friends across the street kind of knew. So when I go over fr- over next door every day to play, their mom and dad kind of got it. So they're like, so-and-so have whatever you want. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's like if, if you, if your kids are playing with the neighborhood friends mm-hmm. and you knew that they weren't being fed, you would let them binge your totally. whole fridge, right? Totally. That's what the friend across the street saw, but she was six. So you have six-year-old so-and-so mm-hmm. who didn't know any better. It was a survival mechanism. So she's like, I haven't eaten in two days. Binge the fuck out of the neighbor's mm-hmm. fridge. It's survival. For survival. Her. And one of the, my favorite things Nicole ever said was do not, I think it was do not judge yourself for what you did in survival mode. Totally. And, and so this client of ours, she did that when she's six. She's now a very successful therapist in a really big city making really great money, but never addressed little version of her. And like the old saying goes to heal the man, you must heal the little boy mm-hmm. to heal the woman. You must heal the little girl. So I gave her a prompt for her inner child letter on telling the inner child, Hey, look, 
Th- it starts with gratitude. Thank, Thank you, you for keeping us alive. Thank you for doing the best with what, what we had, but you are officially relieved of your duties. You would be so proud of where we are now. We don't, we have an overabundance of food. Your duties are relieved. And she quit binging. Like it's, it's, wow. it's crazy when you just go straight to the source. Totally. It's a game changer. So how do you, you know, I mean, I'm, we'll dive into this more on, on my podcast, but <laughs> how do you get them to open up about that sometimes? You know, do you think it's because they already know coming to you that this is going to be some deep inner work? Because I find like with athletes, because they still deal with sabotage, it just mm-hmm. may not be to that degree, but their pride, it's like, I'm doing okay. When really I'm like, I know you're not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, very rarely for us, we don't work with very many athletes. Our our average client is a middle-aged trendy dieter mom who has all she knows is dieting. Right. Um, so as to why people will open up with like that, I have no idea. Um, I have asked myself that question for the last couple decades. Um, I don't know if this is like a gift. I don't know if it it's, is. it's something, but um, <laughs> since I was little, I've been able to connect like that with someone. I can. So we're actually, what's funny where this started being able to, this may be, I don't even know. I did not expect us to talk about this, <laughs> but um, the first thing this person has happened with was my wife. Really? Yeah. So my wife had a, had a, <laughs> Aww. totally didn't expect this. <laughs> um, I don't even know why I'm getting, why, why uh, I'm getting emotional about it. Um, so my wife um, was really closed up when we met. We met when she was, um, yeah, she was 13. So like wow. we were, we were high school sweethearts. Um, and, um, and one of the things that she said when we were um, when we were growing up is like she was just because she had um, she had a lot of stuff going on when she was little, um, like one of the craziest um, situations, so to speak. So she was like balled up survival mode kind of person. Um, but for some reason, um, she let me in um, and I could just get right in and talk to her and, um, work, help, help with things and work through things and, um, just get connect with her. Um, but I was, I, I, I'm, I almost had, when I was like, what, 15, maybe learned you were already helping her st- stuff like that. And then as I got into my professional career, um, I did this every day. I mean, I started coaching people, um, personally, like before I started training and coaching, like in the fitness realm, I did martial arts. So I got hired on when I was a little kid as an, or when I was a little kid, when I was like a teenager, as an assistant instructor, I got like a black belt and all this stuff. And so my, they hired me. So I was teaching full classes, private lessons with six year olds and 60 year olds every day. So, um, so got learned how to communicate and things like that. And then everyone's always brings their shit everywhere they go. It's because like we talked about in the very beginning, you are the foundation of everything. And when you start to make any differences, it goes everywhere. Right. Um, so I don't know if it, it, but ever since I've asked myself that for years is I've never understood why, like maybe it's, you. Could, I definitely think it's a gift. Really? I think that more people, I mean, we met you at Arte years ago and I mean, you can just have a conversation with you for a long period of time. I think that's definitely a gift because you are, op- you know, you're, you're basically telling that person I'm open to what you're going to maybe throw at me. Sure. And th- you know, that is definitely a powerful thing because there's a lot of women that won't share. And if you can't share that, you can't work through it. Yeah. You know, just recently I had a lady, you know, she's ghosted me for like nine months. She was a client of mine Holy ghosted shit. for nine months, paying all this money sends me an email and says she's going into inpatient, you know, in treatment for executive function issues. Like she's, and I was like, so sad that 
it took her this long. Like, I'm yeah. like, you clearly have had massive stress in your life to get to a place where you're going impatient. And I've not heard anything about this. And I'm so sad that yeah. you felt that way. So, but I also think it's why, you know what, we could have a million coaches out there and there's a certain coach that's just for you. And there's a certain coach that's just for another person. And I think sometimes, I mean, I had a male coach myself. I liked that from being a female. I personally wanted to get a lot of that request, you know, like I wanted an opposite sex coach so I can appreciate where, and I think I probably even was more willing to open up. I don't know if it's like why it is girl on girl. There's like maybe a pride issue Mm -hmm. with some people, but maybe they feel a little more comfortable with someone like that. So that's interesting. I always wondered how you get people to just, (laughs) well, I don't get it either. Um, I mean, even my, my staff though, like my, my coaches are amazing. Um, and people do the same thing to them. Clients will open up about their shitty husband or their home life or whatever. I, I, I mean, obviously part of it is like, I'm sure it's a level of marketing too, because like no one listens to a show called dieting from the inside out. That isn't probably a little more receptive, right. but um, yeah, I've still never fully understood it unless I would like just something about, I don't know, like, I don't know if I feel safer. I don't know. I feel egotistical saying that, but, um, but I don't know if it's a feeling safe or it's it a, is. Don't feel know. ego. Like that's a gift that, you know, I mean, you're, you're put on this earth to, you know, make an impact. We know that. I mean, and I'm all about like finding those gifts and things that, you know, it's, it's just one more like kind of feather in your cap of why you're in this industry and why you're helping so many people. Well, thank you. I feel like we just switched (laughs) and we're in your podcast. Um, um, so let me ask you this. And, uh, I can't believe we've already been almost talking for 45 minutes. That's crazy. Um, with both you and Eric have been in the industry for so long, you've coached, I don't even know, couldn't even imagine the number of people if you had like a counter. What would you say are some of the traits of the more successful people who have like done all the things, lost the weight, kept it off, living happy? What would you say are some of like the traits from a strategic standpoint that people can walk Identity away shift first and foremost. They've mm. become a new person. They really have. Like it is, you've, you've shed the old person and you... You've become your identity, your temperature has gone up and it stayed up. It's no longer the up and down because you're no longer playing the role. You are the role. Mm. So at first you have to play the role, you know, right? Like you, so we, that's why we teach the characters. Like you're not always going to show up as that character, but eventually it doesn't even need to be a character because Mm. now those new, the habits that you've written on that card that that person's going to show up, like they become that person. Mm. So I would say it's big idea. Like they have to change their identity and then it's a strong environment, like meaning like you got to arm yourself, like your home needs to be set up for success, like your work environment, you know, you need to have the things like I always say, like what go in, you know, if you've ever met someone that's really in shape or fit at a grocery store, look in their cart, like mm. what are they buying? How do they live? Like I used to study like six, you know, I always wanted to be like a competitor back in the day. So I would watch how they live. How do they operate? Like, what are the things they're buying? Where are they, what are the activities? Like just something as simple as, you know, to have success, you better be an active, like you need to have an active life to some degree. Well, I never was, I mean, we were like the lazy family growing up. So like going (laughs) on a hike was not something that I want to do. But now that I have children, I'm like, we need to do weekend activities because I need my kids to see this as a normal everyday part of their life that we're an active family. These are the things we do because that's what they'll carry on with them, right? So it's changing identity, of course, doing all that, you know, inner work. And then for us, it's the follow through. Like mm. I see that that's the biggest separator with the long-term person is, are they able to do what they say they want to do? And that's where that inner work has to yeah. come in. You've got to go through that, you know, really digging deep before. Sure. 
I love that. That's so good. And I love it. Um, cause that's not the normal answer. Like, it's like, Oh, it's calorie deficit, lots of protein. Like, like, no, that's... in fact, you shouldn't have a meal plan. Like we don't, <laughs> right. we graduate you. Like you get to a place where hopefully you're like, I didn't pack anything for this trip, right? but I have years behind me yeah. of, of expertise that I know the places to go and mm -hmm. I know what I can order, but that's taken a lot of time. I think people don't give enough credit to how hard it, you know, I don't want to, I don't like the word hard, but how much of a challenge this can be, especially if you've not changed the identity. Now it's like, I had a client once and she was just constantly like, it was just friction. Like she would do it, but it was hard to stay there. And I'm like, here's your problem. You're still operating at a 70. Yeah. trying to be a 90, sure. become the 90, yep. wake up earlier in the morning, become meal prep. Meal prep should just be part of you. This yeah. is not a role, you know, and that she was like, oh my gosh, basically I got to level up. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. <laughs> I love it so much. This has been so good. Great. Um, what, so in other news, what are you, you, you working on right now that you're excited about that you're looking forward to? Well, my product, my DAC product, like that will be, cause it's totally not related to the fitness industry necessarily. It can be, but I really just wanted to, I mean, I love personal development, like yeah. in a real world, like once I got the bug of, you know, that was what really changed me. It's all I wanted to teach. And it was like mindset, mindset, mindset. Yep. Right. So my product that's coming out, um, and really just, you know, I mean, I'm trying to slow down more and do mm. more of the things I love, you know, like I yeah. love coaching, but I love my podcast. I love, yep. you know, doing things like that, but really it's my product. I have to like finish it all the way through because it's been one of those that it's like on the back burner, but it truly is the foundation to why I've changed is my promise keeping. It's not because of my meal plan sure. or my training, you know, it's because I follow through and do what I say I'm going to do. Do you have a time? Like, do you know, like, is that something like six months, a year, two it's years? It's going to be January. Like it's oh. Oh yeah, well, like the product, I have a person designing it and doing all the packaging. It's literally going to be, it's like a deck of cards that comes in a card box. And the first like seven cards are instructions on how to keep your promises. Have you ever seen the, um, the gratitude journal that mm -hmm. like a lot of people, like yep. the five minute journal yep. kind of like that, but in a card. And then there'll be 75 other cards in there that, that gets them started. That's right. Awesome. So that's I love that. January. That's super cool. I'm trying to think of like, when this podcast will come out because or we may just delay it and then we can put a link hey, in it for totally, your for totally for it that's awesome um where can people find you if they want to with all well, your stuff f it i mean my podcast is called f it so my podcast on every platform but i would say ig because i love stories i love like that's fun They're for great. me i love your stories. you know i mean our business is big on facebook but i know most people don't go to facebook anymore <laughs> i guess but our people do you know but yeah instagram for sure cool I love it. We'll make sure to have all that in the description and stuff. Thank you again for doing this. I'm yeah. so glad. Like I totally, for, I wasn't sure if you were coming to the, the event. When I saw you, I'm like, I'm going to ask her if she wants to podcast. I was excited. Weekend. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we are back. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. I know if you stuck around for the whole thing, you were like, sitting there like, holy shit, like that was a lot. Um, so I, if you, if you got a lot of value out of this, please reach out to Amy, please tell her that you, that you heard her on the podcast, that you appreciated it, that it was helpful. Screenshot it, share it on your stories, the whole nine yards that way. Um, that way we can get this podcast to more ears. And if you tag me in it, I will always reshare it. So be sure and do that. Um, before you go, I do have some other stuff in the description for you. So not only do we have access where you can touch base with Amy and all that she's got going on, but then also if you aren't quite sure where to get started with this stuff. I have links to my free course, to my free Facebook group, to my other socials. That way you can get the information that you need. And then if this is one of those things where 
you're, you're, you're ready for help. You're ready to take things to the next level and you're, but you're not quite sure where to go. I actually have a special deal going on right now for my Academy where, because you're coming from the podcast, I have a really crazy deal going on it right now because the whole Academy is based on the inner game specifically for the longest time. The only way to talk about these concepts that Amy and I talked about in today's episode in these deeper level things was inside one-on-one coaching. And don't get me wrong. You can always apply for one-on-one coaching, but that for the longest time was the only way you could get access to that kind of material and to understand how to handle those things. But inside my academy, it's a completely self-study course. And I have a special link below where you can get it, where it's it's the most insane deal I've ever done on it. So if you want, you can access it down there. Otherwise, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. And I will talk to you next time. <laughs>